Who dat, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. It is Thanksgiving week, and we are here to fill your plate with two episodes in one. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown, joined by my OG right-hand man, Tyler Raymond, on the other side of the microphone. And we are here today delivering a win review from this last Sunday, and a huge a huge game preview for tomorrow's Thanksgiving matchup with rival Atlanta Falcons, which has playoff and division implications on the line, as well as some revenge and pride. Uh, And if I haven't mentioned already, it is going to be playing on Thanksgiving Day for the second year in a row for the Saints. Third year in a row, they're playing on a holiday. Uh, I believe they played the Falcons in 2017 on Christmas Eve as well. If it wasn't the Falcons, it was another division uh, game. But they played the Falcons last year on Thanksgiving, came away with the W. They're playing the Falcons again Thursday, um, Thanksgiving as well. And first off, if you're listening to this on the Thursday, this is being recorded on Wednesday and will be released same day. But if you're listening to this on Thanksgiving Day leading up to the game, happy Thanksgiving uh, to everybody out there. We thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you're having a great holiday time with your family. Uh, if you're listening on the Wednesday, happy pre-Thanksgiving. Hope it is filled with a lot of food, a lot of joy, a lot of family time. Uh, Tyler, happy pre-Thanksgiving to you. I know we've already been talking about what we're going to be doing, and uh, it's always good times around this time of the year, especially when you get to watch your favorite team, New Orleans Saints, for us uh, on the big screen during the family time. Yeah, man. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Who that, everybody? Um, uh, I love your joke, by the way, when you said playful. Uh, that's kind of funny. Uh, this year for Thanksgiving, I'm grateful for my Saints, my family, and hopefully some roasted Falcon we'll be having Ooh, after the go. Saints kick the Falcons' butt. And um, can't eat that yeah, dirty bird. Yeah, get that dirty bird. But man, it's gonna be a really good game. We've got a huge episode to talk about, and yeah, let's just get into it. It's yeah. a great episode, great person to be with, great content, man. For it. Oh, and by the way, speaking of the Saints, uh, we're just that good. Uh, this week, we're the only team without the help of anybody, that can clinch the division yes. and a playoff berth this week. So yeah. let's hope we get to win. Yeah, even the Patriots need help clinching their division or, or, or a playoff spot. I think the Patriots can only clinch a playoff spot at this point, um, and they still need help to do it. But yeah, the Saints yeah. are the only team who are going to be able to clinch their division. Now, we talked about this a couple weeks ago to where the Saints could clinch their division by Week 12. Um, and that essentially needed to happen via the Saints winning out and the Panthers kind of lo- losing out. Um and if the Saints, if that would have happened and the Saints, obviously, you know, they won on Sunday, had they not lost to the Falcons and had the Panthers lost all their games, the Saints would have clinched the division this last Sunday. Um, however, it's only going to take, if the Saints beat the Falcons, only going to take an extra four days to do it. Still in week 13, so early for this team. And in a, you know, a division that is pretty um, mediocre to terrible, if we're being honest, but... None of these teams in the um, NFC South are going to finish with less than three wins, and I almost guarantee none of them will finish with less than five. So it's not mm. like it's a complete, complete crapshoot, but it is just mediocrity top to bottom. Mediocrity to just just terrible play top to bottom in the NFC South, except for the Saints, of course. Um, but yeah, Saints have a chance to clinch the division uh, tomorrow with a win against the Falcons, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I do want to talk about... Uh, before we get into that, their big win against the Panthers at home in the Dome. Uh, this heart last attack Sunday. win, to be honest. Oh, man, such an intense, yeah, <laughs> absolute heart attack. It was on the edge of your seat. It was another one of those games where the Saints start to kind of run away with things, and you're like, this is this is the team I'm expecting. This is, uh, this is the New Orleans Saints feeling really good. I'm jiving nicely. 
And then before you know it, it's 31 to 31, and yeah. the Saints are, you know, desperately trying for a win. And not only that, it's 31 31 with the Panthers in New Orleans red zone territory on the brink of scoring. And so, yeah, that was a very intense, uh, extremely intense game, honestly. Um, but the Saints came away with the win, 34 to 31, last second field goal by Big Nuts, Will Lutz, of course. Yeah. Um, full circle, week one, he did it against the Texans in the Dome on Monday Night Football. Does it week 12 against division rival Carolina Panthers for the W. Um, and overall, though, Saints defense got torn up. I mean, P.J. Williams got torn off. P.J. Williams got torn off. Yeah, P.J. Williams, yeah. Williams got burnt. Um, uh, but on top, uh, P.J. Williams wasn't covering Christian McCaffrey that whole time either. And Christian McCaffrey, nine catches, 69 yards, and a touchdown. That's the number one guy you got to keep your eye out for. Yeah. Uh, and he was able to do work in the passing game. Fortunately for the Saints, though, they limited him in the rush game, and they continued their streak of uh, no 100-yard rushers. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, 22 carries, 64 yards. That's less than three yards per carry average. He did have a touchdown, um, but holding him under even 70 yards was gigantic for the Saints' defense. Obviously helped lead to a win. Curtis Samuel had four carries for 40 yards uh, himself. He had a couple of of, uh, nice moves there, almost got a touchdown as well. Um, So combined, both Samuel and McCaffrey, the two primary rushers for the Panthers, uh, combined for over 100 rushing yards, but they got it on 26 carries. Um, So that's still less than four yards per carry. Overall, I think that the Saints... um, uh, defense did did well. Kyle Allen had a rush. DJ Moore had a rush, each for almost 10 yards apiece, but those are, of course, outliers. Um, receiving DJ Moore continues to, to dominate. He had six catches, 126 yards, and two touchdowns. He is rising up on a lot of wide receiver ranking lists lately with the play, um, and he's he's done so much better since Kyle Allen has come in as quarterback for them, which, by the way, Kyle Allen, 23 of 36, 256 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, which I was expecting the Saints to pick Kyle off, uh, Kyle Allen off a couple of times um, because the Falcons were able to give him a lot of trouble, um, and that's a very poor secondary. Um, but Kyle Allen was able to wheel and deal, um, had a pretty good stat line, and was efficient enough for the Panthers to be in the game for most of the uh, most of the time. Greg Olson five catches, forty four yards. And after that, nobody really making an impact there. So it was DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, and Greg Olson in the passing game for Kyle Allen there for a majority uh, of the time. Um, on defense, Eric Reed was all over the field, both good and bad. Yeah. He gave up most of the yards to Jared Cook, and he also gave up uh, the touchdown to Traquan Smith due to some blown coverage. But he did lead the team in tackles. He had 11 tackles. Obviously, part of that is because of... Uh, uh, him getting beat on plays and letting his guy catch the ball or um, uh, the the frontline defense kind of uh, breaking down and forcing him to make an open field tackle. Eric Reed was all over the field, though. Um, Shaq Thompson and James Bradbury, who Bradbury had the duty of trying to guard uh, Michael Thomas during the entire game, did not do a great job. They each had five tackles apiece. Luke Keekley, Trey Boston, and Bruce Irvin each had three tackles apiece. Uh, Bruce Irvin had a sack as did Brian Burns, the rookie out of Florida State, and Trey Boston had an interception. Um, and then JV and Elliott had two tackles for them. Other than that, nothing really spectacular out of that defensive line there for the Panthers. They did lose Don Terry Poe for the rest of the year. Um, he was only in there for a few plays before he suffered. I believe it's a I, – I actually – I'm not even going to speculate what it is. I want to say it was a hamstring injury, but I'm not 100% sure. Either way, he is out for the rest of the year. Um, so that's a big yeah. blow for the Panthers – um, because they are still alive for a playoff wild card spot for the time being. But the big story for the Panthers was their kicker, Joey Sly, 
Not only did he miss two extra points in this game, um, but he missed a field goal that would have, I mean, would have kept the game tied. But if he makes both of those um, uh, extra points for the Panthers then you're they looking at you're yeah you're looking at a win for the if he makes both of those extra points and the field goal the Panthers win by by two they won 36 to 34 um so Sly essentially lost lost them the game he did he, he had a he had a really bad performance for the Saints Drew Brees was 30 of 39 311 yards three touchdowns and one interception um and the interception isn't too much to worry about it was a deep ball it seems like Brees just did not see the Trey Boston the safety on the play yeah. coming down to cover um, and it was intended for Traquan Smith. Now, also, Smith could have went up for the ball a little bit differently, a little, a little bit stronger, too. But, hey, I mean, um, it eventually didn't lead to anything too terrible for the Saints, and it happens. So I don't think it's anything to really get um, too bummed out about for that interception. You obviously don't like to see that on the um, stat sheet for Drew Brees, but his three touchdowns were really the story of the game. He, he had a yeah. very, very efficient and great game. Uh, Latavius Murray. So Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara combined for 18 carries. Um, Murray had seven of them, and he actually led the uh, day in rushing with 64 yards on 9.1 average. He also had that um, touchdown run to open up the game for the Saints. Uh, Kamara had 54 yards. He averaged about five yards per carry, a little bit better than he's been doing lately. Um, and once Will Lutz hit that field goal, a lot of people are talking about Kamara walking straight off into the locker room. Um, a lot of people talking about um, him kind of looking out of it, kind of bored, so to speak, with what's going on. Um, I just think Kamara is uh, looking for a, a next explosive play uh, because he just hasn't been able to move around. I think the play calling has really been tailored for Breeze and Thomas and Cook doing work and Murray mm-hmm. getting a lot of, um, you know, power runs. And the game has kind of gone away from Kamara, but the Saints offense doesn't exactly need him to produce in any sort of way yet. So I, I think yeah. that's kind of where you get the boredness from. But also, him walking off to the locker room, that's confidence in Will Lutz. I think I think that's all that is. I think it, it, he, he just knew the kick was going to be good. Walking off to the locker room, don't read too much into it. Uh, Michael Thomas led the day in receiving, of course, when doesn't he? 10 catches, 101 yards, and one touchdown. Continues to just be... Absolutely fantastic. Leads the league in receptions, leads the league in receiving yards right now. He's less than 200 yards ahead of both Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, um, which, and also, by the way, the top five leaders in the league in receiving yards. All of those wide receivers are from the NFC South. Yeah, Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, DJ Moore, all from the NFC South yeah. and uh, top five in the league. Um, Jared Cook continues to be fantastic. Six catches, 99 yards, and a touchdown. A couple of those passes he had to get up and get to. It's, it's, it's not like all of these yeah. were, you know, easy catches for him. He he worked for this stuff, and he's integrating himself into this offense super nicely. 16.5 yards per reception, and as I mentioned, he got that touchdown. Kamara had nine catches for 48 yards. Uh, so total, Kamara had over 100 yards on uh, 20 touches. So, you know, you get, you get about five not yards bad. per touch from Kamara in the game. That's, that's, that's what you got to ask for. Uh, Ted Ginn Jr., two catches, 38 yards. Should have had another one, possibly for a touchdown, that he dropped. Um, and then Traquan Smith, one catch, 13 yards, and a touchdown. Um, you know, when Traquan Smith is needed, uh, half the time he's going to be there for you. The other half, he is going to be a ghost. There's really no in-between. We needed that touchdown from Traquan Smith. We got it. Would have loved more, but, hey, if, if, if we can get six points via Traquan Smith in any game, that's what I'll take in my it. Book. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, Demario Davis led the day on defense with nine tackles. He also had a sack. He's a beast, man. Uh, Von Bell had eight tackles. Speaking of beasts, uh, Cam Jordan had five tackles uh, and a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for a little late 
that punching was of the ball on Kyle Allen. Um, yeah, definitely. He he just needs to be more careful there. Like I understand what he was doing, and and yeah. I'm not saying he should stop doing that. Like definitely start, but you have to understand quarterbacks are protected more than any other position in this league. And when you kind of you know wind up, your timing's going to be off. Regard, you know when when you wind up to kind of punch the ball out. Your timing is not going to be there because, you know, football is such a, you know, fast-moving sport. Yeah. So, you know, it, it looked so much worse than it actually was, obviously. Um, but warranted the penalty. That was fine. I mean, led to a Panthers touchdown, which sucks. But um, that's also some sort of discipline the Saints need to go over that can help them win games easier in the future to learn off of that. Kiko Alonso had four tackles, looked pretty good in coverage, too. Chauncey, Gardner-Johnson, and Marcus Williams each had three tackles apiece. And Patrick Robinson, said David Onyemata, P.J. Williams, A.J. Klein, and Malcolm Brown each had two tackles apiece. David Onyemata also had a sack, as did Marcus Davenport, added, as did Mario Edwards Jr. Um, and then Will Lutz, two of two on field goals. He was good on all four of his PATs as well. Um, and, yeah, that is all of the stats there for the game. The uh, Saints were able to come away, narrowly win. Tyler, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. around this game? It was super close, super intense, shouldn't have been though because the saints had a chance of blowing them out running away with this game panthers kept fighting back the saints yeah. were up i believe it was 31 to 18 at one point they were up like 20 to 0 at one or, or it was like 20 to 7 at one point anyway they were they were up by you know pretty good, good margin, margin yeah. panthers kept fighting back um saints really weren't able to get any sort of turnover for for momentum for their offense their offense just kind of had to do it all themselves but that missed field goal by Sly there that led to that two minute drill by Breeze to lead them down the field for the touch or for the field goal game winner, all absolutely crazy. What 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 are your thoughts from this game? What are you taking away after that uh, crazy happening on Sunday? Well, let me be the first to say, if I have a heart attack by the time I'm thirty, yeah, I partly blame the New Orleans Saints for absolutely. the past five years. So absolutely, let me get that off my chest while we're talking Saints here. Um, I'll just tell you what's on my mind about the game, man. Penalties, big wolf. But if if it's anyone, you know it's me, man. I'm always the one that speculates and uh, thinks about conspiracies and theories. Uh, I've been seeing the stats, man. Sometimes I feel like the refs are just sent in for the Saints. But I'm not going to lie. They have been playing some sloppy football the last few weeks. So, hey, the closer we get to the playoffs, hopefully the Saints will clean it up. P.J. Williams, a big wolf. We really need uh, Marshawn Lattimore back, like, desperately and i hate the narrative that's being pushed now is i find it funny that uh, you know how the saints have gotten to a certain point on defense or they're so good that nobody really talks about them anymore except if they give up a lot of points and now people are pushing this narrative that oh they're not even mentioning Lattimore. they're just saying oh the saints are regressing the saints are doing as well on defense my dad even mentioned to me uh i love the show pti on espn but they were Mm -hmm. saying oh are the Saints' uh, defense regressing? Are they going to be back to normal? Like, it's Lattimore. Once we get yeah. Lattimore back, we'll be fine. And yeah. other things, offense looked really, really good. Um, it sucks about the Tron Armstead injury. He, I think he said it was a high ankle sprain yep. week to week. Yeah. Um, Easton, uh, backup left guard for Pete. Second week in a row, he did a pretty good job. Offense looked good. Jerry Cook looked good. Uh, keep on feeding the ball to our running backs because they look good. Michael Thomas thing is the GOAT. Mm-hmm. I swear, if he doesn't at least get Offensive Player of the Year, I literally might go bald from ripping my hair off. Not oh, even my kidding. gosh. Yeah. Yeah, no, he deserves it, man. He's oh, on pace. absolutely. Like, he's on pace right now to either not only be fifth all-time receiving yards, but possibly fourth. He only mm-hmm. needs an additional 30 yards. I think it's to pass Antonio Brown to have, like, 
1,840 yards, and then he'll be first all-time in receptions. Like, you cannot tell me uh, he doesn't deserve any respect. Sure, it's a quarterback game. Sure, Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson are playing out of their minds right now. But, like, Michael Thomas is, dude, he's so phenomenal. And MVP. Yeah, man. It's like, I don't know what to say about the game. You know, it's like, uh, uh, you know who put it best? Drew Brees. We haven't played our best football yet. Hopefully, we're going to get there eventually. I know they're on a short week now, considering they have to play tomorrow. And it's going to be tough. Like, I'm curious to see what they're focused on. Like, is it going to be more rest-wise? Are they trying to get a lot of stuff in to really combat the Falcons? You know, get their revenge game kind of thing going. Dude, it's going to be a good game Thursday. But, Mm -hmm. man, this was a really, really good win. Yeah. What, What were you thinking, though, about your emotions, everything in the game, like, What's sticking in your mind, man? Yeah, uh, Bree- from this game. Breeze is absolutely right. The Saints, since Bree, while Breeze has been quarterback, the Saints have not played their best football, top to bottom, yeah. both sides of the ball. the The two best games the Saints have had this season was at Seattle, Week Three, first game without Breeze. Bridgewater went off. That defense did did their job fantastically. And then it was Week Seven against Chicago, which was also on the road, which also had Teddy Bridgewater as quarterback. Shut that offense down and also was able to do massive amounts of work there in the passing yeah. and rushing game. Both of those games were on the road. Both of those games had Teddy, Bridger, Teddy Bridgewater as quarterback. I think the Saints, and and, and, and I mean, it's kind of obvious at this point. I don't think it's really a theory. I think the Saints, especially on defense, get so lackadaisical when Drew Brees is the quarterback because they have this thing in the back of their head I, when Bridgewater's in at quarterback, like, we need to step up, play our game so that Bridgewater has it easier. When Breeze is in the game, it's like, in the back of their head, it's almost like, we, we can play kind of however we want to. I mean, we can take some risks, and we and we can try to play, you know, really good football, but we got yeah. Drew Breeze, man. We don't really need... No. No. Do not You have always that. have to play your A game, man. Anything can happen in football, Continue you know? Continue to be one of the most dominating defenses in the league. Now, luckily, the Saints' rush defense continues to be great. The pass yeah. defense, though, I mean, it's the play calling with Dennis Allen, too. I'm not just talking about the players who get last day, lackadaisical with this. It's Dennis Allen with some of his play calling. The lax coverage. Why are you doing man-to-man with no safety help with, with P.J. Williams, especially when it's going up against their yeah. best wide receiver? Um, I didn't get that much. But, yeah, the, the Saints, when they got Bridgewater in as quarterback, when they have this you know, idea of how they're supposed to play or what they think will go down on offense. The defense steps up, and the play calling on offense seems to be a little better. Now, I didn't have any problems with play calling this game, but a couple games recently I have, you know, last Actually, game against Atlanta was awful um, play calling. So the, the the Saints just need to figure things out. Now, you're you're absolutely right. Once Lattimore gets back, that'll be easier. Um, Armstead, I mean, hopefully he can get healthy as soon as possible, but I would love to keep him out until – I mean, maybe week 16, 17, maybe even into the playoffs. Need him as healthy as he can be. I think being back for the 49ers game, if you ask me, man. Niners would be Nick good. I Pulse think that's going to be terrible. Well, I don't want him I don't want him missing only two only one game and come yeah, back. Yeah, don't push him back if he's not 100% Cuz that's healthy, for, we play the 49ers after tomorrow. Yeah, 49ers games got, after tomorrow. I don't want him days, coming though. back. No, I want Lattimore back for San Francisco. I want Lattimore okay. out tomorrow and I want Lattimore back for San Francisco. I don't want Armstead back that soon, but I mean if he's good to go, he's good to go. It's it's whatever, but yeah. Also, to hit on your point about the Saints playing, um, you know, their best football and kind of culminating towards the end of the season, when the Saints are this good of a team, normally we've seen, we saw it in 09, uh, we saw it last season, we even saw it a little bit in, in 2017. When they're this good, um, typically towards the end of the year, they actually start to falter, right? The last few weeks of the year, we're like, what is up with this team? 
especially yeah. like a week 17. Now, usually they'll, they'll rest their starters week 17, but 15, 16, 17. Um, and they're not playing any cupcake teams this year either. I mean, they're playing, it goes Niners, um, Colts. You have the Panthers to finish off the season, and then you have the Titans in there as well. It's We're not gonna playing be, really good right now. It's not yeah. a cakewalk. All those teams are playing well. So the Saints are really going to need to step it up. Um, but this game shows to me that the Saints have everything under their belts because this Panthers team was red hot for a win after being blown out by the Falcons, and they were also very hungry to stay alive in the playoffs. So the Panthers clawed and fought their way back, and they played scrappy, and the Saints were still able to hold them off a little bit and come away with a win, a clutch win, and they were able to come back. And like I said, pretty much second time this season we've seen them do that at home. Um, I have confidence that this team can beat anybody in the league, but... Um, they have to come out like this team every single time. They can't come out like they did against Atlanta. Um, and so I, ha- I just have a mi- after this game, I just have a mixed feeling of this team. Like obviously they're great, and obviously mm-hmm. I think that this team has a better chance than anybody in the league to win the Super Bowl. But it it, it scares me that we're not going to get this version of this team every single weekend and week out. And even if we do get this version of the Saints team. It's still the Camara, or excuse me, it's still the MT show on offense. Camara yeah. needs to get involved a little bit, and not even really needs to get involved a little bit more. He had eleven carries, it just more runs to the outside, man. That's where Camara kind of thrives. Yeah. Needs to be a little, little bit more elusive, open field type stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm confident with this team. I think it's a mixed bag at this point, so they better blow the brakes off of Atlanta, and I'll feel yeah. really, really confident. Uh, which, speaking of, go ahead. Okay, just two quick things for me. You learn something new every day. I never knew this. Going into that two-minute drill where, you know, clutch, vintage, vintage Hall of Famer Drew Brees marches the Saints down the field with barely any time left, uh, having to use the last time out, just vintage. I never knew this. Apparently, uh, Drew is calling the plays for that. Like, he doesn't get any help from Sean. He's been doing it for years. I never knew that. So props to Drew there. That's awesome. And an- another thing, too, I really wanted to mention, I forgot. Sure, the penalties suck, but some of the play calling, in my opinion, sucks right now. Like, for example, when it's 31 and 4th and 1, and the Panthers are stacking the box, and you know everybody's going to be crunched up and just, you know, like really close together. Why do you have Alvin Kamara in the game, who's an elusive running back, who does best in space? Throw your big, a buff, a big buff, bigger guy, Latavius Murray in there, and get that mm-hmm. yard. At right. the very minimum, I, I don't even know what it takes. At the very minimum, do what Drew Brees does typically, and just jump over the line of scrimmage, jump over the, you know, the football, the, the offensive line, and get that yard. Uh, I saw a stat a while back where I think, like, Drew Brees, after he got one a couple weeks ago, I think he was, like, 80 or 90% all-time doing that. I'm like, you have that. And right. then you have Latavius Murray, who's basically Mark Ingram, good at, like, pounding the rock, wearing down defenses, getting that yard. I think it was, like, two, three, four times they've been doing it recently with Kamara. It's just not working, man. Like, please right. change the script. Yeah. Or at the very minimum, like, if defenses know right now, the way Drew Brees is playing, obviously he's an older quarterback. Obviously, with the limited talent outside of Michael Thomas with wide receivers, we're a run-based football team. If defenses know uh, they're going to try to sell it to run, open it up wide. Throw a, a slant route. Throw something to Michael Thomas. Then get or get Alvin Kamara in space. So before we get into the Falcons game, 
preview. I just had to say that, man. No, I know yeah. Sean Payne isn't listening to me, but geez, you know, it's like, come on, man. Like, I feel like we're so selective when it comes to third down and fourth down, you know? It's Pete Carmichael, too, who is uh, yeah, doing a lot of play calling, too, that you know tends to be a little questionable or sloppy or whatever it may be, but... Yeah, hopefully that that gets cleaned up a little bit. And um, once Same with the penalties. And so yeah, we had, didn't even get into the penalty. I'm not even going to talk about the penalties because yeah, let's, let's yeah, let's not jinx them anymore, right? I mean, like, holy cow, dude! What? I mean, we mentioned the Cam Jordan penalty, and that was stupid. It might as well be the other hands to the just, face Saints. Yeah. This. Oh man, they just need to be smart. Be smart about yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, we're we're a good disciplined football team. If I had to compare us to one team right now, Sean Payne is a very smart coach. We're almost like the Patriots, except we don't go to the Super Bowl every year. Like we're a disciplined team, but it's it's people keep on saying it. This is like the year. The past few years is just kind of worse. But like we're being so sloppy and so undisciplined. Like <laughs> some people even theorize, man, it's because the Sean Payne got engaged. That's not true, but like, we just need to clean up our stuff, man. You know, like, I don't know. It's crazy though. So, getting into the Falcons preview. Um, obviously, the last time you got these guys played each other was back earlier this month on November tenth, and the Falcons came away with a road victory over the pretty. Saints. It was a very surprising game. They won twenty six to nine in the dome. Um, and if history is telling us anything, if history repeats itself. The Falcons are going to win again tomorrow. Because Don't jinx us. Since 2010, or sorry, sorry, 2012. Um, since 2012, and even a few years before then, um, there had not been a. They, yeah, since 2012, there has not been a, a game in which the other team did not win back to back or three in a row uh, against each other. Um, starting in 2013, the Saints won two in a row. 2014, uh, Falcons won two in a row. 15 and 16, Saints won two in a row. Um, and then the Saints lost three in a row between uh, the tail end of the 2016 season and the 2017. We got swept by them in, in 2017. Then the Saints won three in a row before that, uh, leading into um, the November 10th game, and then they lose against the Falcons. So history is telling us that the Falcons are going to win this next game. Um, and obviously that's why you actually play the game on the field and not on paper, but, um, mm. that's kind of the, um, rhythm, the, um, history that these guys have had recently is, uh, you know, there's not a lot of standalone back to back, um, or back and forth wins, I should say. Uh, if you win one time, you're going to most likely win again. And chances are you could even win the game after that. Um, these teams know each other. It's always intense. Anybody's game doesn't matter the record. We, we, you know, learned that the hard way the other week, um, you, I mean, this NFC South division is always competitive. You look back in 2015, Panthers finished the season 15-1. and Who was their only loss to? The Atlanta Falcons on the road. Very surprising loss as well. The Falcons weren't really – no, the Falcons weren't anything at that point. Um, that was, I believe, the last season of um, Mike Smith's uh, tenure there for the Falcons, too. It was right before they got Dan Quinn. They were not a very good team, and that was the only loss the Panthers suffered that season. Uh, so the NFC South is always a mixed bag. Um, and we kind of talked about the team's head-to-head history last time these guys won. So if, if you know if history repeats itself, the the Falcons are most likely going to be winning uh, tomorrow. But like I said, that's why you play it on the field and not on paper. Um, the Falcons are coming into this game uh, three and eight. They have 
lost one in a row after winning two in a row. They had defeated, uh, of course, the Saints, and then they feed, defeated the Panthers on the row 29-3, even more of a, of a blowout than they did against the Saints. And then they just suffered a home loss against the Buccaneers, 35-22. to So this is four division games in a row for the Falcons, and this is the fourth division game in a row for the Saints as well, which capped off, of course, going up against the Falcons. Um, so very familiar t- territory for both teams. Uh, I'm going to go down the list and just read off all of these Falcons games. So Let's hear it. start out the season with a loss, 28-12 to against the Vikings. Beat the Eagles at home, 24-20. to So they're 1-1 one one at that point. And then the demise kind of starts. Lose to the Colts by a field goal. Lose to the Titans at home by 14. 53-32 to loss on the road against the Texans. Cardinals beat them 34-33 to in Arizona. And that was, of course, due to some missed field goals by Matt Bryant. Rams blow them out 37-10 to in Atlanta. That was the last good Rams win. Uh, Seahawks win 27-10 to in Atlanta. And then the Falcons uh, win those two games in a row against us and the Panthers. And then they lose against the Bucks last week. Uh, Sunday this past Sunday so now they got four days to recover and play the Saints who of course are going to be so freaking hungry for revenge and to um, keep the pride up so uh, before I get into depth chart and the injury reports and whatnot for the teams Tyler uh, implications for this game are obviously huge if the Saints win they clinch their division uh, NFC South is theirs for the taking in 2019 that means they clinch mm-hmm. a home playoff spot as well home playoff game um how intense is this going to be? Are you looking at this game in terms of, um, you know, the Falcons team that we just saw on Sunday? Or since this is the NFC South, um, are you a little bit more worried about the Falcons than uh, their record kind of says? Huh. Funny you should mention that. My dad and I always have this heated, heated, like, arguing conversation, practically an argument. I tell him every time the Saints play the Falcons, every time, like, uh Division rivals play each other, especially when it's like you have that kind of rivalry. A perfect example, not in the uh, NFC South, when the Browns beat the Ravens 40-25. to Like, you don't see that kind of thing happen. The Browns suck right now, but it's the division. You play these teams twice a, twice a year, every year. Like, they, they know your schemes, they know your team, they know your players, unless you completely... Uh, make over your team. The Falcons know the Saints. The Falcons... Honestly, despite not exactly being one of the best teams out there, they probably play as hardest out of anybody in our division right now. And shout out goes out to you, Dad. I know you're not going to listen to this, even though I try to tell you to. Um, <laughs> the, the Saints play the Falcons so tough. The Falcons play us so tough. You know, like, I think the Falcons could be 0-11 up to this point. It would still give the Saints mm. probably one of their toughest matchups yeah, ever. For sure. Uh, during this entire season. So this game is huge for them. You figure Sean Sean Payne's probably already told the team, look, we get this win, we go home, we go eat some turkey and falcon, we lock up the division, we get a playoff berth. Like, they know what's at stake for them. Sure, we're injured. Lattimore might not play. Tron Arms says definitely not playing. But we, on any single day, any single Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whatever, any team can beat any team. And... You know, if, if we'll get into like what we what the Saints need to do to get this stub, but man, like if the Saints do their things right, it, it won't be that hard in my opinion. Man. I think they could do it. Like the Saints can play their best football yet and beat the living snot out of the Falcons. Man, yeah. we need to. It's a prime time game. Like everything's going for us. We absolutely have to beat the crap out of the Falcons. Like there's there's no excuse for error. We're not gonna let like. 
how annoying would it be, not only from the Falcons fan base, but, like, this season, the Saints are a potential Super Bowl team. The Saints are trying to get there, you know, after being cheated last year. And you let your division rival get not one, but two games out of you? Like, that would piss me the heck off. So, no room for error. The Saints have to get this one, man. What you do know, you think? We have to do to them what they did to us on our yeah, home turf and blow them out absolutely. on their home turf or else it's not it's not even going to be even. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. Any team can be anybody in the NFL on any given day, especially if it's division rivals um, and, and in the NFC South. So that's really true. Getting in the injury report for the game, um, I was trying to see on Twitter. I thought I had seen something about people already being ru- ruled out for the game, um, but I couldn't find the tweet to, to save my life, unfortunately. I'll, I'll I do, have the, inju- I do have the injury report pulled up. Um, Andrus, Pete, Zach Line, and Teron Armstead did not practice yesterday or Monday, and Will Clapp didn't practice Monday, but he was limited on Tuesday. So it sounds like Armstead, Zach Line, and Andrus Pete will most likely be missing the game. But Will Clapp, Marshawn Lattimore, and Deontay Harris were all limited practice on Tuesday. Lattimore and Harris were limited practice um, on Monday as well. And that's good news. De- uh, Harris has missed the last couple of games. Marshawn Lattimore, of course, was out during... Um, both the Buccaneers and the Panthers game uh, after being injured during the, the Falcons matchup. Um, he may be back. I'm not sure. Um, mm-hmm. For the Falcons, um, they had three guys who did not participate uh, both Monday and Tuesday. That's Luke Stalker, their backup tight end. Austin Hooper, by the way, did not practice, and he has officially been ruled out. Julio Jones yeah. has not practiced Monday or Tuesday with a shoulder injury. Um, He's going to be a game-time decision. Julio Jones will be. Yeah, okay. uh, I was reading a, a tweet by Phil Yates. Oh, gotcha. Okay, Julio Jones game time decision. I know Austin Hooper has been ruled out. Jordan Miller did not practice on Monday, but he was full practice Tuesday. That's one of their cornerbacks. Uh, Sounds like he'll be good to go. Um, limited practice both Tuesday and Monday were Tak McKinley, their stud DN, and then Sherrod Neesman, uh, their safety, both limited. Um, and then Desmond Trufant had limited practice on Monday with a toe injury. Other than that, all of their guys have been who have been listed on the injury report have been full practice. Um, Tyler Davis and Devontae Freeman were both full practice on Tuesday after being limited on Monday. Um, of course, Tyler Davis and the former Saint and Devontae Freeman sounds like he's going to be coming back, but my guess is that they sit him out for Thursday is what I'm hearing. But if he was full practice on Tuesday and he's good to go, they're not going to be sitting him much longer. Um, but yeah, that sounds like... Uh, that's going to be the case. So if Lattimore misses, that's really the biggest injury here. And Austin Hooper has been missing the last couple of weeks for the Falcons. So they have been hurt by that a little bit. But that will benefit the Saints so much now that Hooper is out. Hooper got yeah. a touchdown against the Saints uh, in their first matchup. He did get hurt in that game, I believe. And um, yeah. he was one of the top, if not the top tight end pass catcher in the league before he went out. So it's big news for the Saints. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, we've gone over depth chart for the Falcons before. Um, so just quickly, obviously, you got Matt Ryan there, Devontae Freeman, Brian Hill, and Quadre Allison have been doing the uh, running back duties for them. They have Calvin Ridley, Justin Hardy, Julio Jones, and Russell Gage as their top receivers. Um, with Hooper out, they'll look to Luke Stocker if he's good to go. If not, Jaden Graham is their final tight end on the roster. Their starting line is pretty decent. Jake Matthews, James Carpenter, Alex, Alex Mack there in the middle, Jamon Brown, and Caleb McGarry, the rookie there. But... On paper, they're good. On the field, they have not been too spectacular uh, this year. Um, 
On defense, they got Tuck McKinley, Grady Jarrett, Tyler Davidson, and Alan ba- Bailey, and Vic Beasley Jr. Of course, they like to run a um, pretty much a 4-3 defense with Vic Beasley being the um, the extra rusher. And the Devondre Campbell and Deion Jones. Devondre Campbell had a great game against the Saints last time. Deion Jones, the former um, uh, LSU Tiger as well, playing there for the uh, Falcons, been one of their best defenders. Uh, Isaiah Oliver and Desmond Trufant are their two top corners with Kendall Sheffield and um, Billy Ray Wilson backing them up. And then DeMonte Kazee, Ricardo Allen, Kamal Ishmael, and Sherrod Neesman, as I mentioned earlier, are the four safeties for them with Kazee and Ricardo Allen being the starters. So that is the depth mm-hmm. chart for the Falcons. We all know the depth chart for the Saints even with the injuries. Um, anything sticking out to you, Tyler? Anything you're worried about or excited about in terms of depth chart injuries, anything like that? Um, watch the former LSU guys for the Falcons. They always, yeah, they're always really sneaky, you know, and especially in games past, they've been known to fool Drew a little bit. So that worries me there. Uh, Saints, um, I don't really think if you ask me for my opinion, Easton really shouldn't be the outlier. I think he'll play fine. I, I forget a few weeks ago, uh, no, a couple weeks ago, he graded really well. And his uh, opening start. So, right. uh, if you want to watch for him and watch for the backup LT, uh, if they don't sign anybody, I don't think they really will because it's a short week. Uh, if Patrick Omaha, Omaha, I, I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. I most likely did. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping they really run the run the ball a lot to really keep the keep the pressure off the new guys. So. What do you think? Anything that stands out to you in regards to injuries or the depth chart? or Other than Hooper being out. Yeah, which is yeah that's a big one. Um, nothing that's really right. much. I think it's going to be... Um, he's always really annoying. Yeah, he really is, yeah. No, I think it's going to be a good game regardless, though. I agree. Um, so getting into the stats overall for these teams, uh, on offense, the Saints uh, have a clear advantage in everything except for passing yards per game. Wow. So the Saints, total yards per game on offense, Saints are 12th, Falcons are 10th. Uh, but the Falcons only lead by three yards. It's pretty much, or two yards, really. It's pretty much, the Saints average 369 yards per game on offense. Falcons average 371. Uh, so it's super close. Um, rushing, the Saints are 17th. They average a little over 108 rushing yards per game. The Falcons are 31st. They're almost dead last in rushing yards per game, only averaging 73. Uh, and then the Saints are ninth in passing, 260.5 yards per game. And the Falcons are averaging almost 300 yards per game passing, uh, which is good for third in the league. So that's really where their offense gets most of their, obviously with Matt Ryan there, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage is stepping into his own. They have their, um, Austin Hooper was big when he was healthy. Um, scoring, though, the Saints obviously have the advantage. They're ninth with 24.7 points per game. The Falcons are only about 2.7 points behind them. They average 22 points per game. That's 19th in the league. So, you know, two points, almost three separates 10 spots which kind of makes sense Um, at this point in the season since it's all the averages are kind of but still the fact that only three points separate 10 teams that's pretty crazy turnovers the saints are number one in the league they have the least amount of turnovers of any team with seven next closest is i believe it was chicago on the list with eight or arizona with eight sorry uh but they have six interceptions and only one lost fumble all year it's absolutely crazy it's awesome good football Falcons are tied 23rd. They have 18 turnovers on the year, 11 interceptions, and 7 lost fumbles. Sacks given up. Saints are tied 7th. They used to be top 3 most of the year, but you know after giving up 6 against the Falcons, they gave up 2 against the Panthers last week. They've given up 21 total on the year. Still 10 better than the Falcons, who sit at 19th with 31 sacks given up on the year. So obviously the Saints have clear advantages every year, except for through the air. 
part of that is the Falcons have to had to throw a lot because of them being behind in most games. They also have a very talented receiving core, and that's kind of where their bread and butter offense is. And Devontae Freeman has missed a lot of time, so their running game has not been top-notch. They've had to go to the passing game. Um, on defense, Saints, passing defense. Or I'll go total. Saints have the 10th best total defense in the league. They only sacrificed 321 total yards per game. Falcons are 26th. They give up over 376 total yards per game on defense. Um, passing, Saints are 15th, three, or 232.7 yards per game. They sacrificed through the air. The Falcons are 27th. They give up over 266 passing yards per game. Rushing, the Saints have the fourth best rush defense in the league. That's awesome. Eight and a half yards per game. Now, um, number one in the league right now, I actually can't remember off the top of my head. Number, I know number two is um, Tampa Bay, but they, really? them and the number one team each average less than uh, 80 rushing yards per game given up. And that was about the number one ranking last year for the Saints. So the you know, Saints are hovering right around that same mark as they did last Not year, bad. which is nice. Falcons are 18th in rushing defense. They give up about 110 rushing yards per game. Um, scoring, the Saints are 13th. They only give up about 21 yard or 21 points per game. Falcons are 28th. They give up 27 points per game. So um, that means, on average, the Saints uh, out win each game. Or you know, if we're just go based off of scoring. Saints average 24.7 points per game on offense, and they give up 21 points per game on defense, whereas the Falcons uh, score 22 points per game on offense and give up 27 on defense. So if you average all that out, Saints win their games by an average of about two points. Falcons lose their games on average of about five. So little little tidbit right there. Takeaways, the Saints are 13th. They have 15 takeaways, eight interceptions, seven fumble recoveries. The Falcons are tied for 29th. They only have 10 takeaways all year. Eight interceptions, only two fumble recoveries. Sacks. This is where I didn't think it was going to be this big of a difference, but the Saints are tied for 10th in sacks. They have 31 on the year. Very nice. That's good. Falcons are 29th. They have 18. They only have eight. Now, I had thought that this, the Falcons had moved up much you know, further in the rankings uh, because they had six sacks against the Saints, and before then they only had seven on the year. So that brought them to 13. Um, and then they had a few against the the Panthers as well when they blew them out. But they're still almost dead last in, in sacks on the year at, at, at uh, 18 total. So that's that's pretty wild. Uh, any of these stats standing out to you, man? Uh, obviously the Saints have very clear advantage there on defense. I mean, overall better defense, and we should shut them down in the rushing game again. Mm. But the Falcons are just sneaky, sneaky yeah. good no matter what on passing offense. It's crazy. It always seems like, I don't know, it's weird. It seems like every time I remember the Saints playing the Falcons, regardless of how good Matt Ryan will be, it always seems like they find ways, regardless of how good our rushing defense is, to get that going to some extent. So I think if we can limit the rushing, despite what the numbers say, you know, if a team gets lucky enough, anything can happen. You know, all it takes, like, for example, that one week, Against them, we gave up six sacks. So all it takes is one week of like insane stats for a certain like trait characteristic. You know, uh, uh, just a different. You know, uh, I can't think of a good word. All it takes is one good thing to happen for the Falcons, and that blows their stats out of the water. You know, so I, I think mainly watch out for the Falcons passing, but especially with Freeman back, watch out for the rushing. I can't believe how how much we differ from them in not only takeaways, but sacks. So hopefully that gives us a big advantage, and hopefully we can use that uh, to really turn the tides in our favor for the Saints. Saints need to force force some turnovers in this game. I'm I'm tired of having offenses just 
you know, not have have mistake free games. It's annoying to see the defense is much better. They they can get takeaways and yeah, that creates opportunities for us. It's huge. Um, I mean, I mean, we saw them do it against Tampa Bay. That's Tampa Bay, though. I mean, you're, you're yeah, going to get turned given Bay. with them. Uh, biggest storyline. We already kind of talked about all this. Um, it's another holiday matchup between these division rivals. New Orleans is going to be looking for a lot of revenge, but the Falcons won't go down without a turkey-sized fight, of course. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the implications we mentioned too. The Saints will clinch the NFC South with a win. Um, but on top of that, the Falcons would be officially eliminated from the playoffs with a loss. They they wow. get and and that also kind of speaks volume as to how competitive the NFC is right now because the top wild card spot right now is controlled by the Vikings or sorry the last wild card spot the sixth and they have eight wins so any team who gets to that nine loss mark in the NFC is officially eliminated from the from the playoffs because uh, you, you 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 just cannot physically do better than the Vikings at that point and they and they would yeah. be able to make the playoffs over you no matter what so Falcons lose their season is is done essentially um, with you know uh, four games left to play um, so that's 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 might even be bigger than the Saints clinching the division is eliminating the Falcons at the same time that's pretty awesome um, yeah and I think this isn't part of my X factors but I think it's really important to mention. The Saints' numbers are great on both of these parts, but they need to do what they didn't do against the Falcons a few weeks ago. Protect Drew Brees and limit yeah. down yard throws. Um, I mean, we're going to see how that pans out with the injuries to Lattimore and the offensive line for the Saints. Obviously, those are the two areas that the Saints have been dealing with injuries most this season, but that are going to need to step up the most. Secondary needs to be aware of where Julio Jones is at all times. Calvin Ridley can stretch the field too. Be aware. And then you also need to protect Drew Brees. You can't let him get sacked six times. Limit yeah. that to cut that in half, three, and the Saints are going to have more than enough of a chance to win this game. Um, and even then, yeah. limit limit it to zero if you need to. But, I mean, Falcons defense has been getting after the Saints O-line lately. Um, yeah, but I think I think those are big. Not part of my X factors, but I think both of those are big because that's what the Saints weren't able to do against the Falcons. That's why they lost. Yeah, I was gonna say to add on to that, it's bad enough. You know, recently, just based on trends, uh, trends, right? You figure not to not to jinx them. Believe me, I'm all for if I'm absolutely wrong here. Good going, Saints, but you figure the penalties are already what's shooting them in the foot offensively, right? Uh, crap, it's already. It's already hindering them defensively, too. Penalties on both sides of the ball are hindering them in ways that uh, makes them overall less of an efficient team. You know, it hinders them not only to move the chains, but it gives other teams more opportunities. So you figure if we can stop the sacks, at least for Drew Brees, and create some uh, for the defense, you know, even with takeaways, everything, that'll help them in so many ways. Because it seems like right now, the Saints are in like an MMA fight, right? The penalties are the low jabs to the stomach, and the sacks and everything that the offense is doing are like high blows to the head. We can't take multiple hits every single which way. You know, it's just going to end up making us fall. So you figure if we could stop one of these huge cuts from bleeding, I think we'll be a lot better off going into this game. Yeah, so. for sure. For sure. I agree. Yeah. No, that's going to be yeah. big stuff. Um. Let's dive into X Factors. Might as well before we do score predictions. Um, we'll just go one by one. I'll start okay. out. Um, I think my most important X Factor uh, for the team has to do with rushing offense. And it's, it's a nice tidbit I want to throw out there, too. Um, ru- my number one X Factor for the Saints for me. Rush for more than 60 yards. This is 
obviously very simple, but it's very important because the Saints have won every single game this season rushing over that mark. But both of their losses totaled less than 60 yards each, rushing yards. Uh, that was against, obviously, the, the Rams in Week 2. Saints had, um, it was 52 rushing yards. And then uh, the week against the Falcons, um, they had 57 rushing yards. Uh, very poor performances on the ground. And, I mean, that'll force a lot of stuff on your offense. And that leads to not good stuff. Also, both of the Saints' losses, they've scored only 9 points as well. Score over 9 points and you're going to be just fine. Um, yeah. So, But that's big. Get over 60 rushing yards is, should be... So easy to do, guys. Just do that. Obviously, obviously, I'm not saying that's going to guarantee you a win, but it might just guarantee you a win at this point in the season. Like, come on, guys. Uh, what about you, man? Number one X factor for you. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna change mine a bit because we were talking about before the episode. I said mine obviously run the ball. You know, I'll just give some explanations why too, but then I'll I want to add something to it. So like one A, one B. So obviously, you figure when it came to football when it first started. What did teams do? They ran the ball. You you wear down defenses by running the ball. You control the play clock and you control uh, time management. You control everything when you run the ball. You you help pick up chunks of yards, or in this case for the Saints, you get a lot of huge first downs. So obviously we get it. Drew Brees is an amazing quarterback. You know he he's freaking awesome. He's vintage Hall of Fame QB, whatever. But when you have a very elusive running back in Alvin Kamara that can really open things up when he's lined out outside or in space. And you have, on the exact opposite, a very tough, strong, heavy-built beast of a running back, similar to Mark Ingram, but just as good, and Latavius Murray, that can run people down and is still quick enough to outrun people. You gotta use that tandem, man. Like, Drew Brees, sure, he'll get you a lot, but... Against certain teams like the Falcons, man, you just got to run it down their throat, man. Force your will onto that other team and make them go cry home on, on a holiday. Like, it can't get much better than that. And 1B, really quick for my first one, selective play calling. It goes back to the running game. We just talked about it earlier. You got to be effective with who you have on the field and what kind of yards you're trying to get on what down. If it's fourth and one, don't give it up to Mel to Kamara, please. Mm. If you're going to use Kamara in that situation, throw him outside. Give it to Latavius Murray, please. I'm begging you, Saints. I hate seeing turnover on downs. It literally breaks my heart and right. brings me closer to a football heart attack. Please, Saints, yes. use use the right smart play calling. Like we talked about, big nuts lots. Big nuts. Sean Payton freaking went for uh, onside kick in the Super Bowl. Like he he's better than this. And if you're not, give it to Pete Carmichael because I, I, I rest assured you, like, the Saints are a really good offense and are really good at getting yards. Just please don't give me a heart attack, Saints. Yeah. Dennis Allen's doing, for the most part, just fine. Please, right. Champagne, I beg of you. What's your second um, What's your second X factor, though, Dayton? Well, I was going to say definitely utilize kind of, I guess, a new boom and zoom then with Murray and Kamara, yeah. like that obviously needs to be, they need to uh, compliment They're each other. They're capable of doing it. Uh, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones need to be held under 100 yards each. Um, that's, I mean, not exactly too obvious. And, I mean, if Julio Jones doesn't even play, he is a game-time decision at this point. I bet you Jones does play. But if he doesn't, then that obviously makes it a lot easier for the Saints to do this. But Ridley, I think, is going to be the guy that he killed us against P.J. Williams last season, his oh, rookie boy. year. 
he can definitely do it again this year. Limit Calvin Ridley under 100. I think it'll be easier to do that for Jones now that, I mean, a lot of attention will be focused his way even without Lattimore in there. But if Lattimore does play, then Julio Jones is most likely going to be shut down regardless. So if we keep both of those guys under, under 100 yards, Austin Hooper is out. So that means Matt Ryan will have to turn to Luke Stalker. Uh, whichever running back he has coming out of the backfield, even if that is Devontae Freeman, I'm not too, too concerned. And then Russell Gage, who has been, and, and Justin Hardy. Justin Hardy, a special teams guy, though. Russell Gage has been, you know, uh, obviously playing a lot better lately. Um, but, I mean, if, if that's who Matt Ryan has to rely on, the Saints defense is going to have one hell of a fun time out there. Yeah, um, right. So, yeah, that's my second one. about you? Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. On the flip side, for the Saints offense, get Michael, obviously you know this, Always get Michael Thomas involved, but uh, almost happened last week. Need needs to happen this week. Get either Alvin Kamara at least over a hundred uh, scrimmage yards. He, I believe, I'm pretty sure he's had a hundred receiving yards before. He, he, do it again, or get Jerry Cook involved. Obviously, last week one of the best offensive performances for the Saints besides the penalties. Uh, yeah, let's forget that. Uh, one of the right. best offensive performances for the Saints last week. And you want to know why? Because they got Michael Thomas involved, as always, because you can't freaking guard Mike. And they got Jared Cook, who's finally stepping up a lot of yards and a lot of big plays. So if you could do that again against a wounded, you know, against a defense for the Falcons that hasn't really been known for anything this year, you're in really good, you're in really good position to win this game. So what's your last one? Uh, yeah, that's a good one. My last one kind of has to do with the one that you just mentioned. Um, but it, mine is get Cook, Michael Thomas, and Kamara involved via short and rhythmic passes. Then try go. to stretch Tempo. the field. Hold on, huh? Then try to stretch the field via play action and deep routes. So this is a very, very basic offensive strategy, but one that the Saints have not been able to utilize due to the limitations their wide receiver core brings, but I think it's doable against the secondary of the Falcons. They can easily get a, ryth- uh, a rhythmic pace with Michael Thomas and Kamara if they play their cards right. That's their bread and butter. Jared Cook has been slowly forming into his own, and, and he's starting to be an integral part of this offense too. So if you get all three of those guys and you know some short to medium passes, utilize Traquan Smith, Ted Ginn Jr., I know that he really can't catch the ball very often. <laughs> utilize those guys down the field, though, and also you can utilize Jared Cook to stretch the field, too, down the seams on the outside even if you wanted to. But, I mean, use those guys for some play action, too, to catch that Falcons defense sleeping. If you are able to fool them into thinking the Saints are just going to be doing slants, out routes, a couple of uh, you know short hitches, some um, uh, you know inside ten yard um, in routes as well. I mean, if, if you're limiting that defense to that area and you're able to fool them into thinking that's your offense, you can beat them over the top two or three times at least in the game for big plays, some scoring, great field position for the team. That is what leads to blowouts. That's what leads to wins for games. So. The Saints need to have that on the, the front end of their mind on offense is to not only get those three guys involved, but once they are involved, fool that Atlanta Falcons defense. Do not be a stationary offense like you were against them um, a few weeks ago. Um, but so, yeah, I, I think that might even be the more the most important one, but it is very broad. But still, that's the game plan the Saints have to have uh, on offense there, especially for those three guys. Um, yeah. What about you? What, what, uh, X-Factor number three. Well, I got to tell you, man, nicely said. I love the way you worded that. It was really good. Uh, For me, uh, on the flip side of the defense, sack the living hell Mm. out of Matt Ryan. Mm -hmm. Give him turkey nightmares. I don't know know how to say it any better. Like, uh, believe me, I don't care what other people said. Last week, if you watched the... uh, 
potential game time field goal by the um, Panthers. Uh, Marcus Davenport literally hopped over the line, mm-hmm. almost like Troy Palomalu style. And I think it scared the kicker. Uh, Davenport's a beast, man. Right. I've stood next to him. He's freaking huge. And I feel bad for Cam because Cam's always, you know, he loves division games because he loves getting sacks. The Saints had four sacks last week, but Cam didn't get a single one. So uh, I even I remember in the quote when Daryl Davis was sacking uh, Kyle Allen, uh, when, you know, Jordan tried popping the ball, uh, he could have tried helping, you know, Daryl Davis for the half sack. But he didn't. He let him have it. So sack the hell out of Matt Ryan. You've got Trey Hendrickson, who at times has been very productive for the Saints. You have Marcus Davenport, who, despite sometimes with the numbers, has been shown, if you watch the film, that is great at eating double teams, great at being a force and literally pushing people over. And he converts his speed to power, and he's so quick and so big. It's so hard to defend him. And then you have literally one of the best defensive ends of all time for the Saints, Cameron Jordan. Like, if you can't get to Matt Ryan at least three times in this game, you're doomed. Because he, if Lattimore doesn't play, he's just going to throw to the open man every single time. And P.J. Williams is going to get burnt like toast or turkey if you're really bad at cooking. But, um, right. <laughs> yeah, like, you, you got to get to Matt Ryan, man. And uh, bold prediction, too, really quick. I don't know if you've got one, but this is on the spot for me. Saints will get at least three sacks, maybe four. Saints will I get at least that. three sacks. They need to. Yeah, they I'm have so to. So disappointed if they don't. Yeah, because their defense runs through at the moment right now. The way it's playing, sure their secondary is you know like it's a good group of people, but when they get exposed so often, and your defense, your defensive line is one of the best right now. We are so loaded, like depth wise on the. Uh, on the line if we can't get to matt ryan we're screwed man because he's gonna have all day to throw you know yeah. so we, we don't we have any excuses something. there no excuses yeah no excuses. to the quarterback need to pre- need need to get at least some pressures on him quarterback hits yeah, yeah i think i think sagging him three times that's it that's that's a great goal and i think it's doable but we've yet to see the saints defensive line really get to the level yeah. we were thinking of unfortunately um i mean <clears throat> they are um you know tight 10th in the league in sacks on the year Few of those have come from Demario Davis. AJ Klein has a couple on the year. Um, they're bad. I mean, you look at Rankins and Onyemata. I'm pretty sure Malcolm Brown and Mario Edwards have combined for more sacks on the year than both of those guys have combined. So, yeah. you know, if you, if your backups are doing a lot of the work, that's not really you know doing a, a majority of your defense a big favor. But um, yeah, I think the Saints will be coming out hungry. So with all that being said, we we got all the stats. Injury report, depth chart, head-to-head history. We've talked about how these teams have fared so far this season. We just mentioned our own personal three X factors and the big storylines, all the implications on the game, and everything. We've, we've covered about just everything you guys need to know about this. And now it's time to give you our score predictions. If you have your own, let us know on Twitter. Uh, my at is Dayton underscore Brown underscore. Tyler's is Raymond Tyler M. The best place to tweet us at is at the WDD podcast. Uh, that's where we tweet the most and all the information for the uh, show, and you can let us know your score prediction there. But um, with that being said, the Saints are favored by seven um, right now uh, on the road, and the over/under is set at forty-eight and a half. 
Let me let me triple check because this was last night when I had looked at this Tuesday night. It is now Wednesday afternoon, um, and I'm looking to see if that has changed at all. Right now, the spread hasn't changed. Saints are still favored by seven, and the over/under is still at 48 and a half. Um, right. And so on the year, um, the Saints are seven and four against the spread, and the Falcons are four and seven against the spread. So usually, typically good to go for the Saints. Um, Tyler, based off mm-hmm. of all that information, everything we've talked about. And also, you know, knowing the spread and the over-under, what is your score prediction for this game? Saints get it done, man. Eat some roasted turkey and some roasted falcon. Saints win 34-24. I like it. Wow. Our, our score predictions are pretty similar. I do think the Saints are going to 30-piece these Falcons, and they need to. Um, my f- score prediction is 36-23. Uh, I am taking the spread for the Saints um, and almost doubling it for them. I think they'll win by almost two touchdowns. Um, and I think that they'll probably end up blowing that over under out of the water because essentially that means each team just has to score 24 points each, uh, yeah. or, or more to get to that mark. And I think, I think each team will score either right around 24 or one will be well over. So, um, yeah, that's solid score prediction, solid preview, uh, solid breakdown of everything that's to come. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. That's all the time we have for today's episode. I'll throw it off to Tyler for the outro, but again, happy Thanksgiving to you all. Thank you for tuning in. This was a lot of fun. And, uh, I mean, this is going to be a big, big game for the saints, big, big rivalry matchup. I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, man. Thanks for throwing it to me. Um, really quick. I want to give a shout out to Sheldon Rankins. I don't know if you saw this tweet, man. Dan, I retweeted it. I, the Saints retweeted it too. Um, they asked Sheldon Rankins, you know, like, what's the favorite part? You know, favorite part of your Thanksgiving? You know, like seeing friends, family. He's like, Nah, man. I'm I'm over 300 pounds. I, I love the mac and cheese and the smoked ham and. Yep. Dude, props to the big man. I'm a big man too, man. If you don't love the food on Thanksgiving, like, what's wrong with you? Sure, family's cool. You can see them all the time, man. Get some good food. Hopefully some roasted falcon uh, if you're a Saints fan. But, yeah, uh, you guys, we appreciate you so much. Uh, we're thankful uh, for everyone that listens to this awesome podcast. I'm thankful for you, Dayton. You know, you're uh, you're the best coach a man could ever have. So uh, I'm thankful for my team. Hopefully the Saints make it to the Super Bowl this year and kick some ass, man. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, you can find us, you know, like Dayton just said on Twitter, at the WD Podcast, at Dayton underscore Brown underscore and at Raymond Tyler M. Tweet us. Show us some photos of what you're eating for Thanksgiving. Ooh, that sounds really good. And uh, follow us. Uh, uh, follow where this podcast gets sent out everywhere through Twitter, on iTunes, and Spreaker. That speaker with an R thrown in there. And yeah, throw it back to you, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, I'm very thankful to have you as a co host through all these years Thanks. as well. Um, and thankful for the Saints, thankful for my family being alive, being healthy, and um, yeah, very, very happy to be a Saints fan day in and day out. That might be what I'm most thankful for overall. Also thankful for uh, all the important stuff in life as well, but for the Saints, I mean, man, it it feels great to be part of Houdat Nation, so uh, we appreciate your guys' support. We thank you so much. Um, We had a blast doing this episode. Hope you guys had a blast listening. Um, and we'll talk to you next week when lose or draw we'll have a, a review episode of this game and thanks so much again for tuning in we'll talk to you soon and as always who, who dat? Dat?